0: And Hall
1: flashback. 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 My, my top tackle is Darnell Wright from Tennessee. Uh, he started 42 games for the Volunteers. He's played left tackle, shut out guys like Trayvon Walker last year, the number one pick, eliminated Will Anderson. You know, he's 340 pounds. He ran a five flat. Like, he mauls people. He's got a nasty disposition. I don't know. Like, I think, I think he... Maybe in five years from now, he's not the best. He's going to be good, though, wherever you play him. And, you know, to me, he's a natural right tackle. And if that's the case, if the Bears were picking, you put him at right tackle and you put Keith Braxton at left and, you know, let everybody battle inside. And I think you got a pretty good group.
0: Mullion Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 6-7 to the score. That is the voice of Brian Baldinger. And we are joined by Baldy odyssey nfl insider host of the odyssey original podcast in the huddle with jason la and carl dukes covering the entire nfl and he joins us as all guests do on the score hotline brought to you by circuit resort and casino in las vegas home of the world's largest sports book
1: brian good morning how are you i'm doing good guys Uh, it was a lot of fun last night so we're busy recapping it and looking forward to tonight but I thought uh, I thought the Chicago Bears made the right move last night, and it was clear with their trade with Philadelphia that they weren't going to take Jalen Carter. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made the trade. Right. So they knew what you know Philadelphia was looking to do. So, you know, I, I applaud Chicago for identifying a certain player and making sure that they got him, and they picked up a fourth round pick along the way.
0: Yeah, and and you know when we spoke with you, he was your favorite guy. I mean, that's where yeah. we first kind of started uh, debating him as, uh, as a possibility. And I think we just played that cut where you said, uh, you know, you move him. He's a right tackle. You move him into the right. You keep Braxton Jones on the left. They got a, they got a, a, a free agent uh, uh, lineman, Nate Davis, Nate Davis yeah. and then you, you battle away and suddenly you got five and you're maybe improving a little bit from a year ago.
1: Oh, yeah. No, no. This is this the right move. It's right move. You got. They got to fix that. Um, they had to fix that position. Tevin Jenkins, I think you know, can play right guard. Nate Davis at left guard. I mean, you got. You could let those guys battle it out right now, you know. But I think they got their, their right tackle uh, for the long term. And then, look, they were a very good running football team last year, and obviously Justin helps them. And you hope that he doesn't have to run so much this year, um, you know. And then you you say, okay, now we have. We've got a wall that to protect Justin Fields where he can keep his eyes down the field. All right? He's not worried about, you know, leakage. Uh, you know, look, Darnell's still got to learn. But when I watch him and study him, one of the things, like, I don't want to compare him to Trent Williams. Nobody's Trent Williams. But he does some things that Trent Williams does with his hands that you have to be very confident to do to knock defensive linemen's hands down and to get them off balance to control them. And I saw him do it throughout his career at Tennessee. And I didn't see anybody else in his whole business do it. Um, Skaronsky a little bit, but not like Darnell. Part of it is his length. Part of it is his confidence in his base, that if he would miss that with his hands, like he's got enough girth and and base to him that you're not going to run him over. And so, and I just like, I just like his mentality. Like you could just tell, not just a tough guy, but, a guy that, you know, enjoys a good fight. And I I felt like that's the thing that separated him with me from everybody else in this draft at that position.
2: Great to talk to you last night on the draft show, Baldy. I thought your insight was excellent. And what you say about Darnell Wright, I I think is, is very interesting because there were four offensive tackles that we, we were spent the last several months talking about and evaluating And, and Darnell Wright. Is, is the one the bears ended up with and seemed like the one they were fixated on. We talk a lot about doing free agency with Orlando Brown Jr. scheme specific fits. Guys who were perfect for the scheme. Obviously the bears must feel like he fits this scheme because they wouldn't have drafted him at 10 if they didn't. What is it about his skill set that fits this scheme? Well, I mean
1: he's 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 a very good pass blocker and He's got great, you know, all the measurables you're looking for, whether it's length, girth, power, you know, he's 340 pounds, but yet, you know, he ran a five 40. I mean, it's just unusual. Uh, and where that comes in handy and where you need that is all backside cutoffs or getting to the second level, you know, because you're not going to be a good running team unless you get the second level of linebackers and safeties blocked. And you need linemen that can get there. And so, you know, the way you watch him run and move and then, Move bodies, move big bodies, you know you watch him move Jalen Carter you know uh, against Georgia, like he can move big nFL sized bodies, and you know there's some schemes you know you go to the 49ers and' they're not exactly drive guys off the ball you know it's it's his own scheme like i I like teams that can win the line of scrimmage, move the line of scrimmage that by the time you get to the fourth quarter, they get a little tired and angry and um you know they they, they get a little exhausted getting beat down on and i just feel like this is the guy that can wear you down over the course of four quarters and i think they they recognize that that aspect to his game and then you can watch him in the best conference against the best players over 42 starts you know I mean, that's, that's a good sample size you know broader jones i love him he had 19 starts you know a lot of these guys you know paris johnson had 13 starts at left tackle you go watch this kid left tackle right tackle. Like it didn't look like it made a right guard. It didn't seem like it made a whole lot of big difference wherever they lined him up.
0: So the Eagles are being celebrated as one of the great winners of the draft because not only did they get Jalen Carter, but they also uh drafted Nolan Smith and I and I saw online that N'Kobe Dean and Jordan Davis were both at Smith's draft party. So that is a lot of Georgia guys hanging out in the same room and obviously a lot of mature talent with them that will keep everyone in line it seemed like they have all that you would need to be able to absorb any kind of issue into the locker room
1: they have a good culture uh you know lane johnson jalen hurts fletcher cox brandon graham i mean you got a bunch of guys in the team that do everything the right way there is a good culture um peer pressure is important especially when a young player comes in with a little bit of a history where all right. Is football the most important thing in your life? Uh, you know, whatever. Like, I, I feel like they've got, and I feel like the Eagles feel like they could take on Jalen Carter, who some obviously teams like passed on the talent because of their concerns. And, and so, you know, the guy that can't finish his pro day workout, you know, isn't doesn't look like the most motivated guy, but um, you know, that's, that's the challenge right now is here he is coming in. Jalen hurts is a great leader every day. Uh, hit, hit, what they expect players to come in and do and perform and how they they practice and prepare, it's a very professional atmosphere. And I think uh, anybody, not just Jalen, but any young player would benefit by going into that that locker room. All
2: right, Brian, so last night when you were evaluating the entire first round, help us out here. What were the Lions doing?
1: It was one big head-scratcher. I mean, honestly, I I, I think everybody recognized that Jameer Gibbs – is a talented player um, and maybe worthy of a first-round pick, but typically those players, exactly like Jameer, whether it's you know Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry or Dalvin Cook, I mean these are second-round picks. That's where you take them because of the the longevity, the injury history. Chicago hasn't had a healthy running back since Barry walked out the door and never came back. Like they have never been able to keep a back healthy. DeAndre Swift is Jameer Gibbs. He just can't stay healthy, or he hasn't so far. And so it's just a head-scratcher. When you looked at that defense and you go, I think they finished 30th to 32nd in the league in defense, and there was all these defensive players on the board, whether it was off the edge, um, you know, defensive tackles. Like, there was a bunch of guys there. The cornerbacks hadn't really, you know, one had been taken at that point. So it was a real head-scratcher how they could not just value Jameer like that, but to draft him that high and then to go get Jack Campbell, who I think everybody recognized is a talented player. But the reason why, like you guys know more than anybody, the reason why all these linebackers went around this league in free agency this year is because they knew it was there was a dearth of them um, off the ball inside linebackers in this draft. And so, look, Malcolm Rodriguez is a good player. He's six-round pick last year. Like, they they did not have to do that to Jack Campbell. I think he would have been there all day in the second round, middle of the second round today.
0: Yeah, you know, um, we look at the Bears and we say they're they're improved, right? And they've got uh, D.J. Moore and they've got uh, Darnell Wright and they've got more picks coming and they kind of did okay for themselves out of uh, that first overall pick. But now, here we are today, you got to get to that defensive line. you got to get no to that inside grouping. Uh, how, how important is it for them to kind of double down on that today, right, it, with three picks?
1: Well, you can't go through another year where Jaquan Brisker leads them in sacks. And it's not just about sacks. It's about, you know, building a wall, which has to be the core strength of any defense, And so, you know, right now, uh, you know, you still have, I don't know, nine picks, ten more picks. I mean, maybe three. I I guess they got a fourth from Philadelphia. So, like, maybe, you know, you got a bunch of – you got two twos today. Like, you got to go to the defensive line. And there's a lot of good players that are out there right now. But I got to believe you got to start building your, your defensive wall right now. And, you know, maybe Dominic Robinson becomes a really good player uh, maybe Travis Gibson, you know, keeps developing a little bit, but they don't look like game-changers to me. And so they look like role players. Like, they need help at every position in the defensive front. And I got to believe right now that that's going to be the, uh, the focal point of today's draft, you know, in the second round and on into uh, the third round here.
2: Who do you think the best edge rusher – is on the board right now as the second round begins tonight, and, and is that somebody that, is that a very deep position in your mind?
1: A lot of them left, you know, uh, went last night, but B.J. Ogilari is would be my number one guy that's still available right now. Um, you know, coming off the edge, Isaiah Foskey from Notre Dame, I like a lot. Um, you know, certainly a good player. Uh, you know, the tackles, the defensive tackles went Last night, a little bit higher than, than what I thought. But that's the importance of that position. But I would say B.J. is a guy, you know, that you've got to – his brother starts for the New York Giants. Like this kid coming out of LSU has got everything you need, you know, to be pretty productive off the edge. Like I'd be targeting him uh, early. And if I had to – felt like I had to move, you know, in order to, to make sure I get him because he's not going to last long but that'd be a guy that I'd be targeting.
0: Did anything surprise you quarterback wise? I mean, obviously we're looking at a guy uh, still on the board and will Levis and it seemed like he was moving up and he was going to be the second pick maybe, or the second quarterback taken. And boy, that ended pretty abruptly.
1: Yeah. Well, it just happens sometimes, you know, sometimes these guys are second round picks and, the only reason why they're, you know, high first-round picks, everybody talks about quarterbacks all the time. I guess it's still, you know, look, I, I feel like Anthony Richardson going to Indianapolis, um, you know, they've been juggling quarterbacks for five years since Andrew Luck retired, and I played in Indianapolis. You know, that was a car-racing town, a college football town, college sports town, college basketball, before Peyton Manning got there, and he put the Colts on the map, and it became a football town. And they got to get that position right. And Shane Steichen has worked with Jalen Hurts. I just feel like the way football is going, starting at the high school level now, you used to put the best athlete at running back or wide receiver. Now they're putting the best athlete in football at the high school level or quarterback, and that's what Anthony Richardson is. And, you know, the, the NFL can only take what the college game gives you, and they're giving you the best athlete, Anthony Richardson. So figure out a scheme, a system, an offense, that can really cater to his strengths. That's what Philadelphia did with Jalen, Jalen Hurts. And I feel like it's going to be boom or bust because he's not very experienced. He's very raw. um, The ball could end up in the nickel seats as as much as it does into the hands of his receiver. Uh, So there's mechanic issues. So they got a lot of work to do, but if, if they get it right, maybe they get the best quarterback in this whole draft.
2: You know, when you look at interior linemen, John Michael Schmitz from Minnesota is a guy that is a local product, and he obviously is projected as possibly maybe the best center. I'm not quite sure it, what you feel about it, but are there starters available in the second round and the interior that you can see coming off the board and helping a team right away?
1: Well, yes, there are. Um, like, I believe Pittsburgh, with the first pick tonight, 32nd pick, is going to take Joe Tippman and finish their offensive line with Broder Jones and Isaac Sayamalo and Nate Herbig, and they're going to put their line together. I think Tipton is the best center. I mean, he's a big guy. He's got rare athletic ability. But John Michael Smith started, you know, four years at Minnesota. He's certainly a good player, good prospect. He's not going to last. Both those guys aren't going to last very long tonight. I think they both go in the top ten picks tonight. You know, the Jets could very much be in play with their 43rd pick tonight, uh, you know, for one of those players. Uh, it would be surprise me if they pass. They need a center badly. And so they missed on the tackle last night that they desperately wanted. Pittsburgh jumped them to get Brent, uh, Broder Jones. So I think both those guys are going to go in the top 10, 12 picks tonight.
0: Great stuff, Baldy. Thanks a ton. Great catching up with you. Really appreciate it. Thanks,
1: Brian. Likewise, guys. Yep. Enjoy it tonight.
0: That is Brian Baldinger. Does a great job. Odyssey uh, NFL insider. And, uh, yeah, we should let you know that um, – You got to make sure to follow in the huddle on the Odyssey app or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.